Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Boy, a lot has been going on. Things are heating up and not just outside in the state of Texas with the temperature, but a lot of important work that we're involved in. If you're new to the show, this is our weekly radio show. And we also broadcast it on Facebook Live, YouTube, and a lot of other social media channels. But it's a part of work we've been doing for over four years and and over 200 consecutive shows. And we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. Texas Values is the largest organization in the state of Texas that works on these issues, and we're proud to do it. And a lot of the work we do is from the Christian conservative worldview and perspective. And that's no different this week because we've got a great guest, and I want to get right into our guest in this segment because he's got a very tight window of time and a lot of important work to do today. Our guest today is Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. He's been serving as our Attorney General for several years now, but that's not the beginning of his public service. He began serving for the state of Texas as a member of the Texas House of Representatives. He also served in the Texas Senate. And before that, he went to Baylor University, which is broadcasted a lot from the radio station that we broadcast from, and also a law graduate of University of Virginia. He and his wife, Angela, have four children, and we are proud to continue to do work that we do alongside the Attorney General's office, always leading on the issues of religious liberty, traditional marriage and family, and pro-life. General Paxson, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. Good morning. Absolutely. Well, look, as I mentioned, things are heating up in the state of Texas and across the country, but you know, we're all obviously a lot of times leading on these issues of faith, family, and freedom. Um, Republicans and conservatives had a big event last week that got a lot of attention, and something that might have kind of got caught up in some of that and not seen as much is some work that you've been doing on religious liberty. So we're going to talk about a letter that your team released. And if people aren't familiar with the Attorney General's office, they have over 4,000 employees. And the Texas Attorney General is the top law enforcement officer of the state of Texas. And so a very important role when it comes to really the final word on these type of legal issues. And so two things on the religious liberty thing that came out, a big Supreme Court decision, the Our Lady of Guadalupe case, and then also this letter that your team released on making sure that the rights of private schools are not infringed by local orders when it comes to when they want to start in school. And and the court case was actually mentioned in this letter. But talk to us a little bit about why that letter and that issue was important for your team to get involved. Yeah, so obviously schools right now are trying to decide how they're going to operate. And it was clear to us that we we needed to address the the religious uh, school issues so that schools knew how to operate going forward, how they were going to deal with kids and parents. And so we put out a letter uh, last week, it was Friday, where we basically said, you know, these local jurisdictions do not have the authority to shut down private schools. And we knew that our private religious schools, we knew that there were there were certain counties that were or cities that were considering that. And so we wanted to, to basically lay out the legal argument and say, you know, these schools have uh, First Amendment protection and local jurisdictions don't have the authority based on all kinds of things, Supreme Court precedent, based on Religious Freedom Restoration Act, based on the Constitution, based on the governor's executive order, they don't have the authority to shut down uh, private schools that that have some type of religious basis. Well, look, this issue's become important because we've seen these local governments doing these things 
where they have been trying to really force the hand of not only the local public schools, but now in the realm of private schools. And I think this really surprised a lot of people, but it's interesting in this climate we've been with the coronavirus issue and a lot of local government and sometimes state and federal government putting out executive orders and mandates that people have somewhat become almost conditioned to think, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense when it comes to the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. It was great that your letter came out to make this clear and very quickly. We had already been um, expressing concern. We expressed some of that concern to members of your team. So we're so excited about the the quick response. And it's interesting, too, because there is a difference between how private schools are treated and about how public schools are treated. And so we have concerns when the government reaches overreaches in any realm, particularly on some of the issues we work on. But this got a lot of attention. And so uh, people can go to our website, txvalues.org. I think we're going to share the attorney general's letter in our chat here if you're watching um, or, or in our comment section if you're watching on Facebook or social media. But uh, look, this was real. I mean, we saw this happen in Travis County. I think it's happened in Dallas County. I think maybe in, in El Paso and Laredo. A lot of local governments that have been trying to tell the private schools what to do. And not just whether or not they, when they could open, but that they could not have in-person instruction and also that they couldn't have extracurricular activities. And now for a lot of people, they may think of that in terms of, oh, that just means sports. But if you're a part of a religious school, that could be religious-based service projects. That could be spiritual retreats that students go on. And, you know, look, I know your team agrees with this. This is not the business of the government to tell these schools how uh, these things should work. And so, you know, if you go to the letter, um, great analysis on this issue legally, and, and then really just the, the thrust of it at the end. Thus, as protected by the First Amendment of Texas and Texas law, religious private schools may continue to determine when it is safe for their communities to resume in-person instruction free from government mandated interference. And then lastly, religious private schools, therefore, need not comply with local orders, local public health orders that are to the contrary. Uh, And unfortunately, there's been a need for a letter like this because the local government has seemed to forgotten what the First Amendment stands for on these issues. Now, we, we saw it coming, and we certainly heard threats from certain local jurisdictions that they were going to shut down every every school in the state, including private schools that had a, have a religious affiliation. And so we wanted to get the letter out there as quickly as we could put it together and explain to these local jurisdictions, look, you, you may have certain authority uh, to, to deal with uh, other schools, but you certainly don't have the authority to make decisions for private schools that have a religious affiliation. And so we wanted to make it clear hopefully heading off litigation and hopefully heading off uh, maybe some bad uh, uh, guidance from some of these local jurisdictions. Well, it's interesting you mentioned heading off litigation because uh, I will just tell you there were many of us and and people that I would imagine you know that were having discussions really getting ready to go into court if that was necessary because of the short timing of this. And what's interesting too about it, General Paxton, is it almost presumes that the private schools had not already been putting safety plans in place. Um, Many of them have. My kids go to a private religious school. There's been a lot of communication already throughout the summer. These private religious schools, they're looking at putting safety standards in place and putting protocols in place and keeping their uh, staff and and the kids safe. So all of that has already been happening. They've been preparing to have an environment, whether they do it in person or whether it's virtual or a hybrid of it, and so it, it really is unfortunate that the government is almost presuming that they're not already um, engaging these efforts. And so many of them are. 
Um, but it's different when the government tells you you have to do it this way. And if you don't, there's going to be some type of penalty or you're going to be out of step. And so it, it tramples on that freedom. And it is interesting. When all this was happening, it was just a week or so after this really important case from the U.S. Supreme Court, making it clear that religious private schools maintained and could continue to maintain control of shepherding of that religious instruction in this Our Lady of Guadalupe case that was ruled by the U.S. Supreme Court recently, which I know uh, your team was a part of and also messaged on after it came out. Yeah, that was a, a very important case for us. It was decided recently, so it was extremely helpful that they made it very clear it was a hiring decision by private religious schools. And it was being challenged on, on the basis of age discrimination. And the court basically stepped in and said, look, private religious schools uh, and under the ministerial exception have, have broad authority to make their own decisions about um, who they hire. Clearly, if, if they hire the wrong people who don't reflect their religious views correctly, um, then they end up not functioning the way these private religious schools were created to function. So it makes sense. I'm just grateful that the Supreme Court gave us that case literally, you know, a week or two before we needed it for this, uh, for this, for this uh, letter. Well, the timing couldn't even been any better. I know that there was a lot of us that were concerned with, you know, the ruling that came from the Louisiana case on a pro-life issue that we felt like didn't go the right way and, and other decisions as well. And so the timing really helped um, as it relates to this issue. And you talk about this in the letter. And here's what the letter says. As the Supreme Court reaffirmed last week, referencing this Our Lady of Guadalupe case, the First Amendment protects the right of religious institutions to decide for themselves, free from state interference, matters of church government, as well as those of doctrine and faith. Likewise, the Texas Supreme Court acknowledges that the government cannot set standards for religious education or training. And that's really what we see the local government trying to do in Travis County and Dallas County and other counties. And, and look, you know, people forget that the local governments are really something that have been breathed into existence because of the state government. And if you're out of step with the attorney general of the state of Texas, you're likely to be on island on your own if this goes to litigation or if they really try to press the issue. So I'm hoping we'll see them step back a little bit on this and respect the authority of the religious schools who are already the whole lot to begin with. And so um, so we're going to continue to make sure people are aware of your letter, the guidance. And I would imagine if private schools have questions or other schools have questions about how to navigate these issues, they can be in touch with your office. Yeah, we're, we're, we're here to help. We want to explain a lot of people. We want people to clearly understand what their, what their rights are under the First Amendment and what uh, private schools that have a religious affiliation can do. So yeah, we're, we're definitely want people to understand that and we're available to help explain that. Well, General Paxson, let's talk a little bit. I mentioned about the life issue and some other court decisions, at least one that did not go the way that we wanted um, from a, a law that came out of Louisiana, similar to a law that the, we had in the state of Texas that makes it clear that there are certain uh, guidelines and safety measures that abortion clinics would like to, should have um, in those type of settings to make sure that if something goes wrong, and some a lot of times it does, that women can get the right attention. We weren't happy with how that decision came, um, came out, but it's not as if your office has stopped working on the life issue you know, two or three weeks ago when that decision has happened. There's been other things that you've been doing. I know y'all been supporting the, uh, the humane treatment of fetal remains in a, an important decision. Also supporting 
other states that have been involved in efforts related to pro-life issues. Your office continues to be very active on the, on the life issue. Yeah, we consider it really important to protect life. We view that as a, a constitutional right, uh, despite the fact that we've had Roe v. Wade since 1972. And certainly states, in our opinion, have the right to impose reasonable restrictions on abortions like uh, Louisiana tried to do, like Texas tried to do. Uh, the same restrictions that they put on any other doctor, for some reason, those were considered an undue burden uh, when it related to abortion doctors. So, and unfortunately, that means that women who have these procedures are at greater risk of, of having complications and not having the right treatment. Well, look, these are important issues, too. I want to just throw in a little plug real quick. Attorney General Ken Paxson will be speaking at the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum in September. It's September 18th through 19th. We haven't uh, um, released the line-by-line, minute-by-minute schedule yet, but he will be a part of that event that weekend, and we're excited about having him a part of that again. He's spoken at this event before, and it's one of the largest events in the state of Texas where you can find out what the latest information is on policy issues, on legal issues, what to do locally if you care about religious freedom, marriage and family and life. And I imagine we're going to have, we've already been talking about this, some, some segments related to the coronavirus issues and your constitutional freedoms, some really great panels. We got a great list of speakers in addition to Attorney General Paxson, people like Ryan Anderson uh, from the Heritage Foundation, uh, President of Houston Baptist University, Robert Sloan, uh, members of the Texas House and Senate. Rick Green, a lot of great people. Go to txvalues.org. You can get your tickets to that forum on September 18th and 19th. General Paxton, another issue I know you care about, and it's a busy election year, uh, a presidential year, is the issue of election integrity. Talk to us a little bit about what your team's been doing on that issue. So mail-in ballots have been a huge issue. Uh, the, the Democrats across the country, it's a, I think it's part of the, the you know, overall strategies to, is to move toward mail-in ballots. problem with mail-in ballots is they're they're very susceptible to voter fraud. And two thirds of the cases that we deal with in my office are mail-in ballot voter fraud. So we know it's a real issue. I think the Democrats know it's a real issue because they've complained about it to me. Some of you know, privately worried about their own races because of mail-in ballots. So uh, the Democrats have tried to change the law through uh, the courts. And we've gone in and defended what the legislature put in place was reasonable mail-in ballot uh, requirements, allowing certain people who Otherwise, couldn't vote to vote by mail-in ballot, but the legislature, being concerned about voter fraud, has not opened it up to everybody. And so, fortunately, we've taken on lawsuits at the state level, going all the way to the Texas Supreme Court, and at the uh, federal level, going to the Fifth Circuit, all the way up to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, fighting to protect our ability to let the legislature decide how mail-in ballots are going to be used. Well, it's interesting, too, the three issues we've covered, if you will, religious liberty, life, and now election integrity, I believe those were the top three priorities that Republican delegates said they wanted to see the legislature address in this upcoming legislative session. And so no surprise, too, that your team would be right on top of that. And it's something that people care about. And I wouldn't imagine not just Republicans, but um, as well, people um, across the state of Texas. But very interesting that really the the folks that are the most involved in that part of the process, uh, close to 4,000 delegates, big vote, last week. Before we end, speaking of elections, I know that, um, you know, you continue to have a great relationship with our president, President Trump, in a busy year. And I know that's something, you know, you'll continue to be um, working with that relationship and strengthen it more. And I saw that you were in a little bit more important role as it relates to that earlier this week. Yeah, I was fortunate to, to be appointed co-chair of uh, Lawyers for Trump, uh, part of the campaign. 
So we're going to be working over the next few months to pull more lawyers into helping us both with legal issues and also just in general supporting the president. Um, obviously, we think that his policies are, are the best for America and that it's not even a close call as it relates to this this election anyway. Well, look, I mean, we're we're halfway through July as we finish up the second half of the summer, if you will. A lot of attention will start being focused on the elections in November, and we hope people will come out to our Face Family and Freedom Forum on September 18th and 19th and get to hear the most updated comments from our Texas Attorney General. And if you want to tweet and, and have a conversation through his Twitter, that is at Ken Paxton TX. Our guest today on the Texas Values Report has been Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. General Paxton, thank you for being our guest today. Hey, I really appreciate it. Um, hope you guys all have a great day. God bless you, sir. Appreciate you. Well, great to have General Paxton on for a few minutes. He's got to run off to another interview. A lot of important work that he and his team, and, and I don't know if y'all heard me mention it, over 4,000 employees as a member of his team. I mean, that's a small city in the state of Texas, um, maybe a mid-sized city. And so, look, it, you know, important work their team is doing. Great to have him on for a little bit, though, to discuss some of these issues. And they're happening right now. I mean, this discussion and debate about what's going on with the schools is incredibly important. And so I want to make sure that y'all see that. Also, a great article up in The Federalist on the sex education issue. That's going to come back around in September. We just finished around um, at the end of June um, on this issue and also some local fights. We've had some victories. You know, we, we've really made some progress on a lot of these issues, but it's about to go statewide in the next couple of rounds of the State Board of Education. So check that out as well. And so and, and that'll be an issue. You know, what are the schools going to do about that when they really when they do start? opening. I know Austin ISD shut theirs down, their sex education program at the end of May, probably in part due to some of the virtual learning challenges, but also we think a lot of it had to do with the pressure and the criticism that came from our work and hundreds of parents across the um, Austin ISD area that, that were concerned. And these were from the right and left, if you will. Okay, people that really kind of span the spectrum. It was very interesting because they, they're concerned about these parental rights violations. They're concerned that the school is spending so much time teaching about controversial subjects and things that parents feel, whether they feel one way or another, they feel more comfortable being the people to talk about that. So great article on that, some details about really how crazy and extreme some of the things are that, that Austin ISD wanted to teach, and now uh, people want to teach across the state of Texas. But back to the religious liberty issue and the private schools and the public schools issues. Man, just about every day you see stuff about what's going on, if the school's going to open, are delayed? What's going to happen? And so, you know, really just, I mean, not surprising, if you will, but put a lot more difficulty on this issue to have a local government, Travis County particularly, telling not only public schools that they had to delay in-person instruction, that they couldn't meet, and, you know, not just delaying. You, you got to, I want to make sure you got the proper context on this. Travis County said they can't meet in person. They cannot be there on campus, and they cannot have extracurricular um, activities. Um, and so public schools, you might understand that, or maybe they're, you know, maybe they're working together with them, but they really aren't. I mean, we put out an article with the title, Texas Schools Can Reopen. Okay. Governor Abbott and Texas Attorney General Paxton have not said, I mean, they've been clear, the schools can open, but they are recommending health and safety protocols, but they are not restricting the schools from opening. And look, Governor Abbott's put out a lot of executive orders, I think close to 30 now. So maybe you're not sure what did he say this? Did he say that? We work on these issues daily and we're not so sure sometimes do we have the most updated information on this? 
So I can understand that. So we want to make sure that's clear. If your school is not opening or delaying instruction, it's not because General Paxton or Governor Greg Abbott are forcing them to handle it that way. This is happening at the local level. And the reason that's important is because if you care about this issue, you need to be talking to your local school district uh, representatives and say, we know you're making this decision because you decided to do it and we either like it or we don't like it and letting them know. But, it, but for the government to then tell the private schools, we're gonna tell you what to do is way out of step. And, and I'm glad the attorney general's office stepped in with some tremendous legal analysis to back this up, that this is not the role. There's no authority. There's no legal uh, precedent that says that the local government has to do it. And here's what's interesting. When there are issues like this that maybe the local government, it's kind of new or they're not sure where they are, guess who has the final word? Texas, The attorney general of the state of Texas. Because the only reason that local governments exist is because the state legislature gave them authority to exist. I want to make sure everybody understands how these levels of government work. It's not the same as the dynamic with federal and state government, where there's some separation and independence. It doesn't work that way. The reason that, that municipalities and gov local governments exist, because state statute created them. So they are the ones that, that have the authority to say, you can do this and you can't do that. And they're also the authority when there's a question about it. So if you're a local government official and you're worried about a lawsuit, guess who backs you up if you end up in court? The Texas Attorney General's office. Well, if the Attorney General of the state of Texas is not on the same side you are on a legal issue, you're in trouble. Okay. If you force that issue and try to take it into court, you're going to lose. And when you lose, you're going to be on your own and you're going to have to pay attorney's fees likely. All those costs, you're not going to be able to fall back and say, well, the attorney general's office said it was okay, or the state law says it's okay, or there's precedent that says it's okay. The Texas attorney general says precedent and their office that religious liberty supersedes these local orders and that the Private schools do not have to follow it. So if you're a private school and you're wondering, what are we supposed to do? You're supposed to do what you've always done is exercise your own religious liberty authority. And maybe the private schools aren't ready to open up. Maybe they do want to delay in-person instruction. That is up for them to decide, though, not because the government is forcing them to do that. And I think that's a key distinction. People, we want to help people understand and appreciate. And so um, check out the article that we put together, txvalues.org. We've got a little bit of analysis of this. And then we also have a direct link to the attorney general's letter. It's not that long. And look, if you're a young student, aspiring law student, whatever, you want to learn more about these dynamics, the letter lays a lot of that out. It's kind of a great read in that uh, realm as well. But I was glad to see attorney general's office push back so quickly because we were getting ready to put together a legal strategy on this issue and consider going into court with a team of people because it needed a quick and immediate response. Because a lot of these other government orders, particularly at the local level that we've seen, many of them have gone unchecked. And because of that, after a small amount of time or a longer amount of time, people think, well, I guess it's okay. I mean, there's not a lawsuit or no one's pushing back really, at least not that we're aware of. So we're gonna be closely monitoring this issue. So we encourage people, reach out to us if you need help reach out to the attorney general's office. I mean, you heard it from attorney general Ken Paxson himself. They stand ready to defend private religious schools on this issue. And there are a lot of them in the state of Texas. Many of them may, may didn't see the news. Maybe they didn't see his letter from last year because a lot of things that were going on, 
We've got it on our website, txvalues.org. We have got to stand together on this issue. Whether your school wants to open up or not, we have to make it clear that this is not the proper role of local government to try to tell the private religious schools what to do. And they're saying now, oh, the delay will maybe for three uh, three weeks. And then in three weeks, oh, it's going to be longer. I mean, we've seen any predictable end to a lot of this. So there's no reason for us to expect that these delays are going to be temporary. So we've got to act now and push back. A couple of programming notes. As you heard me mention before we finish up, our biggest event of the year, okay, is the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum on September 18th and 19th. Go to txvalues.org, get your tickets. We've got a virtual live streaming option. So if you're not comfortable about being out in public or at events, we got you covered there. But it's a big venue, Great Hills Baptist Church. Uh, there'll be plenty of space to social distance if that's you know what, what you want to do and you want to have more space. We got all that covered. Okay, we got plenty of space. We can probably hold 600 people. And last year, we only had 300 people. So plenty of room there. But we're hoping we'll have some big numbers online. Live stream, you can check that option. Plenty of availability there. Early bird ticket sales are going to end pretty soon, maybe by the end of July. So don't wait. It's only $10 for the live stream option. Okay, $20 for in-person. Great speakers. Okay, Texas Supreme Court Justice John Devine. Texas Criminal Court of Appeals Michelle Slaughter. You heard Ken Paxton. Um, HBU President Robert Sloan, Ryan Anderson, uh, uh, Senate and House members, are a lot of great people there. And don't forget, if you see value in our work, the only reason we're able to continue to do this is because uh, people donate to us. So consider making a tax-deductible donation at txvalues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.